I get the privilege of welcoming to the stage this morning Pastor Joe Bowman. As you know, he's a pastor of Integrity Life. We rent from Integrity Life, and uh, they have been such a blessing to us. And this morning, we get to hear from him. And so at this time, I'd love to welcome you to the stage. Thank you guys so much for just the way you've blessed us. Thank you for your ministry. We greatly, greatly appreciate you. Come on, let's give God that praise. Let's give the Lord that praise. Thank you. He's the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith, and he's the one who gives us the strength to live, move, and have our being. I'm so glad to be here at Life Spring. Just appreciate your pastor. Let me tell you about Pastor Dan. You ready? He's awesome. He's loving. He's a one-trick pony. He's Jesus all the way. That's what he said. I didn't say that. I just said <laughs> He, thank you for being my friend. I appreciate you. Um, thank you for the prayers that we have between our offices. and Thank you for the brotherhood. I just appreciate you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Life Spring, for being here with us. We appreciate it. I feel like if I was playing basketball, it's like a home game but I'm away. I'm the away team. So, <laughs> so glad to be at Integrity, but at Life Spring in the moment. I prayed some years ago. I said, Lord, I need a multicultural church. I need a church that looks like heaven. And um, I said, I, I just can't do it all by myself. I, I need folks that are lighter skinned than me. I need folks that are darker skinned than me. We need to be like, we need to be like heaven. And so God gave us white chocolate in the morning and dark chocolate in the afternoon. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. And he sent Pastor Dan and Pastor Jesse to help me do that. And so it's a good thing because we're here in the building and I don't have to do all the work. I mean, I love it. And so you, you serve a purpose to my prayer. More than just renting the building, you serve a purpose. And just understand that we're in this together. And that Pastor Dan and I met as friends over a prayer meeting at the Performing Arts Center in Federal Way with Pastor Darby. And that's still how we're connected. And so that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. I want to thank those from IOC who are here. Uh, Felicia Dawson, our prayer warrior, and Corey Grace. Appreciate them. And talking about testimonies, um, I, I'm a Pentecostal preacher, so it'll be about two hours. Don't worry about it. Let's go ahead and stand up, Joseph. This is Joseph Sidney Bowman V. He's my oldest, and uh, talk about miracles, he was born 19 ounces. Uh, he was super preemie, 24 weeks in the hospital. He is a million-dollar baby. Um, and now at 15, he stands 6'5". I mean, just the, talk about miracles. Yeah, love you, man. Thanks for hanging out with Dad um, this morning. We're going to um, deliver the Word of God. I. You guys, let me preach first before you guys do all these videos and slideshows and stuff and testimonies because I'm just messed up, man. <laughs> that was phenomenal, and I appreciate what God is doing in your midst. And I want to I, I say that God's going to do more for LifeSpring. God's going to do more. You can either make a choice to sit on the sidelines and watch what's going on, or you can get involved. I'm going to tell you something Pastor Dan won't tell you. This thing's getting ready to take off. 
And I want you to be in, I want you to be on the ship. I want you to be able to win with this team. It's getting ready to go down. And I don't want you to miss out on what's, what God is doing because I feel like, we, why, why is Tommy Tenney the only one that can have a God chaser's experience? We can have that here. We can have people pulling over on Highway 161 under the power of the Spirit. I think we can do that. And I believe that. One more acknowledgement before I get into it is um, my, my neighbors uh, are here, man. I, I, I love you guys. Uh, uh, David, just appreciate you. Stand up. My, these are my neighbors. I, I love them. And Milani, yes. They, they, have, they take good care of us and they watch over us and I appreciate them. Kind God, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for being God and God alone. And God, as I was preparing for this, you just reminded me, how dare we step out without your guidance, without your presence? You said it lovingly and convicting, but you reminded me that in, in you, we have to move, live, and have our being. And so today, we surrender our hearts to you. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. My beautiful wife of 26 years sends her love. She is getting prepared for the second service, but she sends her love to the LifeSpring family. It's International Women's Month. Is that good? Come on. I'll, I'll give my tribute to International Women's Month. Um, just some time ago, I was uh, at home and just really just having this urge, and I was jonesing for Lifetime television movies. Um, whatever, for whatever reason, the Lifetime television movie is always the same. It's the person, they're at the coffee shop, and she drops her donut, and he bends down, and they make eye contact, and they fall in love, right? It's always the same movie. And then I said, well, I just want a little blanket to have as well and cuddle up and watch this movie. And then I found myself crying more during the day and things. And then come to find out I was taking my wife's daily women's vitamin on an accident. <laughs> True story. <laughs> she had put her vitamins in, my, in the place of my vitamins. And I said, man, what is wrong with me? So shout out to Women's International Month. True story. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And then we're going to jump to verses 12 through 17. Thank you, Steve, for being um, awesome with the most unappreciated job in the kingdom. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance. Your Bible may say weight and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jump down to verse 12. Therefore, strength, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be pulled out of joint, but rather healed. Pursue peace with your road rage. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. 
so to it that no one, excuse me, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble. And by it many are defiled. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. I'm the messenger today to tell you that this is going to be more of a voicemail than a, than a sermon. I'm coming to leave you a message that a few folk in here, I don't know who you are, but you're struggling with the root of bitterness. This is not really the message you want to preach for your friend's church. This is not the message you definitely want to preach at your church where people know where you're located. But I'm coming here to help you tonight, today, because I feel so deep in my spirit. And we're going to pray and we're going to rejoice, but there's a few of you that are disentangled with the root of bitterness. And it's, you've exchanged being rooted in love for rooted in bitterness. And how many of us know that that season is coming just ahead where we're going to have to pull roots? And nobody in the world wants to pull roots. I don't care who you are. What I've learned over the years in my botanical research is the fact that some roots are even beautiful. Some roots look good. They look like plants and flowers. We've got to learn how to differentiate between what's good and what's not good. We've got to know what's tangled up in our spirit and what's in our heart. And we've got to evaluate in this moment, in this season, in time, what exactly is holding us hostage and holding us bound? Writer of Hebrews, which I believe is Paul, he's clear right here. He says, listen, you've got many cloud of witnesses. You've got martyrs. You've got people who have gone before you that were able to endure it. Matter of fact, the greatest example is Jesus Christ. He was able to clarify his purpose around his hostility and pain. But not us. We feel entitled. We feel, oh, no way. You're not going to treat me like that. I, I, I dare you to say something else to me. And some of us have that thing where, you know what? Uh, yeah, if you would have caught me before I was saved, you would have really known who I am. <laughs> if you would have caught me five years ago, I would have showed you. Yeah. Sometimes we revert back to what? How can, how, how can we even e e examine how we lived before we were rescued by a loving Savior? But it's the root of bitterness inside of us that makes us distant, makes us hostile, gives us an opportunity to snap at a, at a drop of a hat, means of the cat, dog, and kids just because there's something that is bitter, bitterly rooted inside of me. Yeah, I, I realize that most likely someone helped build that bed of bitterness around you, some parent, some alcoholic father, some, some abusive spouse, some type of circumstance. I know those things happen, but with God on our side, we understand that we will go through those things. We understand the song, that he won't fail us. We understand that God will see us through and God will bring us out only if we choose God in the midst of our problems and our heartache. We've got to make a choice to choose the almighty in the midst of our pain. Look at what he modeled for us. We call ourselves Christians. That's like Christ. And he's, he died on a cross for us. I've been to Golgotha Hill. I've been there in Israel. I've seen it. And it's, it's really scary and spooky looking. And what I realize is he died on the cross in a public mall. 
He was humiliated in a public place, never still finding justification to remove himself from that moment. He had a talk with his father and said, if this bitter cup can pass from me, let it please. I'll do something different. Give me another opportunity, but not my will, but your will be done. Not my way. How many in here, don't raise your hand. You just love revenge. I mean, something about revenge is cool. Like, like, and then, you know, something happens to someone that did something to you and you get news about them and you just try not to smile because it hurts so bad when we're hurt by other people especially people who are entrusted to take good care of us. How could this happen, Lord? Then we say, God, where were you in the midst of my trial and my tribulation? Pastor Dan, I I hate to tell you this, this sermon may not be for the whole congregation, so you have to pick up where I left off next week, but there's a few of you that I've come to pull you up out of the mud. I feel you deep in my spirit. Like, God wants to do so many things for you, and he has things in store for you, but they can't be released to you until you get out of this situation of this bitterness. The thing is so rooted that you're cutting off parts of it, and it doesn't show on the surface, but down in the ground is roots that go so deep. Why are you yelling? I'm Pentecostal, that's why. I want you to address it. I want you to think about it. Pastor Joe, it's just too hard for me to bring up. I know, but what you don't realize is sometimes we go to nourish other people and we see the beautiful green on this this, uh, romaine lettuce. I'm going to waste this for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Um, uh, But we see this romaine lettuce and we try to cut cut it and we get to the the green. these, These green, this is vitamin K and all of this wonderfulness, all that green is there for us. And then we keep cutting, and we keep getting lower, and we keep getting lower. And this is good for us here, but we're getting to the root of it. We're getting to the heart of the matter, and here's the problem. If you, get, if you keep cutting too low, the part of the root is bitter. It's so bitter when we get to the core of it. When we get to the core of you, there's a bitterness there that, man, can't, it's just so, it's, 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 uh, man, it's a part we hide, it's a part we push back, and the reality is, is, you know, when we stir the salad up, you know, when it gets mixed in, we don't know what's bitter and what's joyful. Brene Brown is a, is a clinical psychologist, sociologist rather, and she's, she speaks on so many things concerning vulnerability. And she says that we cannot have joy without addressing our bitterness. Because what happens is it gets mixed in and people are... They're consuming our, 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 our fellowship, they're consuming our, our time, and they're consuming our, 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 our just to being together with them. And they, every now and then they taste the bitterness of what we portray as something green. And if we're not careful, people will leave with the taste of bitterness in, our, in their mouths over us rather than the taste of joy and, and grace. And so I, I'm, I'm wondering, if you, if you understood Verse 15, so that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and and that it may defile you. And and the word in Greek really means to to dye in a different color, like like a stain on your shirt in a different color. Have you ever seen someone with a beautiful outfit and they have that one stain and you can't can't focus on anything else? All you see is the stain. That's a nice dress, but you got something right here. And we, we lose the essence of 
how, what tailor made it or how it fit or anything or how cool it looks because of what's been defiled in it. And I don't want you to take your jovial self because Life Spring folks, you guys have the spirit of God and you're jovial and you, you get out and you touch people. I don't want you to take that yourself out there and people only see the bitter. They only experience the bitter over the grace that's on your life. You know, Esau, he, he wasn't crying because he was repentant. He was crying because he wanted the contents of the inheritance. He wasn't trying to get back to God. He wasn't sorry for that. He, he, he was, he was, <laughs> was kind of sorry that he got caught more than sorry that, you know, that his heart wasn't in the right position. But you can't, you can't obtain the inheritance in, 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 the, grace, in, in the space of bitterness. Here's, here's the thing. Some people are saying, well, God, God when, is my, when is my blessing coming? It's coming as soon as we address, address this bitterness. Yeah. These feet played a lot of football and, and uh, a lot of basketball, a lot of sports. And over the years, now I'm 47, and my, my podiatrist took a look at my feet and said, hey, bro, uh, you, you need, to, you need a, a, a bitter uh, pharmaceutical. And it's uh, uh, mouthwash and uh, white vinegar. You need to soak your feet in that. And I was like, that sounds horrible. He said, yeah, it does, but it's going to help you take off the excess where your feet have suffered through so many things and sports and all of that. It's going to help you remove that. But I wouldn't drink the water as a result of that. Would you? <laughs> I pour it down the drain as fast as I can because I don't want the residual of that. Some of you need to soak your feet in the Holy Spirit. Let that residual come off. Some of you, God wants to do so much in your life. But you need, you need to be healed first. You need to be healed. So what's the solution for this bitterness? Ephesians 4, 24 through 27 this is what Paul says to the church at Ephesus. Good church. And put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. I says, for we are members to one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. Let me highlight him, small d devil. This is where he lives. This is where he lives. Hear me. The devil lives in our places of unforgiveness and our bitterness. Oh, I got a flat tire on the way to work this morning. That wasn't the devil. You just didn't go to Les Schwab in time. That's all that was. No, no that wasn't the devil. Oh, he made me late. No, no, that wasn't it. It's the place that you have unforgiveness. That's where the devil is living. He's paying. He's not even paying rent. Actually, he's charging you rent for him to be there. He's entitled. That's how he. That's how he flows. The place where you won't forgive. The place that you won't release. He's staying right there. Why would I move when I can get you where you're entangled and I can just live freely right here? Well, you say you're a Christian because you're the one who's supposed to be forgiving. If you're like your father. But you haven't learned that yet, so I'm just going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. 
You don't like Sally, do you? No, you don't like Sally. Let me remind you how much you don't like Sally. And when you get around Sally, you start to look at Sally like, don't you even come close to me. Why? Because I'm upset. I was upset. I was mad. Now I'm doggone angry. Now, enough is enough. I have talks with myself about it. Um, I'm not putting up with this. Then it starts to shower down and spout out. But what are you saying? How, how is this encouraging? This is encouraging because you're going to feel so much joy when you give those folks to the Lord. Yeah. Well, Pastor Joe, you, you're up there talking, but you don't know. You don't know what I've gone through. Oh, really? You don't think I've gone through anything? When, when my dad and my mom had irreconcilable differences when I was seven years old, and he moved to Texas, didn't leave us a car or anything. He's not a bad guy. That was their issue. When, when, I, when I was 18 years old and being highly recruited by colleges all across the country for football, dad was in the stands rooting me on. I didn't have any bitterness towards him, though. When my mom, bless her heart, they're both in heaven now. And when she would talk about him on the phone to her, her, her girlfriends and, and, and to her relatives and come back in the room and say, well, I don't want you to think bad of your dad. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, mom, maybe we need a counselor. But when he went into diabetic neuropathy, I moved him into my brand new house because it's my responsibility to honor my father, not to keep the score or to figure out what he did or what he didn't do. It's my honor and it's my responsibility from the scripture to take my father in. Sometimes we're asking questions. And what if God treated you the way you treat others? Man, this is a tough message. Invite me back in spring. What, what, what is it that keeps us from not leveraging? My mom was a single mom doing the best she could. Took me to a sports physical. To a clinic on Pack Highway. I was sexually molested by the doctor. I was the last appointment of the night. You don't think that was upsetting? Didn't realize it until I was 30 years old. It didn't come clear to me until I was 30-something years old and then started taking my boys in for physicals. You know, what, you, know, you know what brings me joy about that situation? I drive by that clinic today, and it's a foot and ankle clinic. And Genesis 3.15 told me that because I would put my heel on his head. Because I can't live in that moment. I've got to stomp that under my foot. It's not ironic to me it's a foot and ankle clinic. <laughs> because the enemy is under my foot. And if I was just living there, then I couldn't proceed forward. So how do I break this? Well, I put on the new self. I put on the likeness of God. Holiness and truth. Then I speak truth. How are you doing? I'm fine. Not really. You're not. You need to get with somebody that you can actually talk to and say, I'm not so well. You may need to talk to some of those people. Pastor Joe, they don't want to talk. Great. You need to figure out how you can talk to the Lord about those folks. Some of those people have passed. I get it. Talk to the Lord about it. We get that privilege. We've got to lay aside the falsehood. We have to speak truth. We're neighbors one to another. And we can't give the, the devil an opportunity. 
Here's the one I want to do for you before I go. Where is the people, where are the people, rather, let me use better vernacular. Where are the people who say, I can't stand them, but I love them because I got to get to heaven. I can't stand them, but I love them. I love you, but I don't like you. What's going on? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Let me tell you what love is and what love isn't. Love is patient. Love is kind and not jealous. Love does not brag about, uh, does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all, believes all, hopes all, and endures all. What's your love situation like? This is what love is and what love isn't. How do you measure in your love department? How many people are we keeping in account for the things they've done to us? That's why the root keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Have you ever seen a root get so ferocious that it starts to bust the cement? It's going deeper and deeper. But love is patient. Love is kind. And it's not jealous. Love does not brag or is not arrogant. Love doesn't act a fool. Love does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Why are you reading this again? Because I want to make sure you get it. You got two ears. So I'm, this is for the right ear. <laughs> Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. We keep records on people. But thank God he doesn't keep record on us. Thank God. And I struggle with that from a theological standpoint. As a theologian, I had to address that. And God told me, I said, well, God, how can you forget and throw our, sin, our sins in the sea of forgetfulness? He says, it's not that I forgot. I just chose not to remember. Man, it, it's, it's important that we understand that God, we, we have this grace that we walk in, that he gives, he grants us this opportunity to be new in him. And it doesn't reflect on where we came from because if all of us told our stories. No, I'm talking about the stories that are in the closet, like the skeletons in the closet stories. If we all told our stories, we would not sit next to each other. But what happens? We hear testimonies. We hear healings. We worship together. We lift our hands. We go through things. We send missionaries. We pray over them. We have people from different contexts and different cultures. How in the world did we end up in Edgewood, Milton, and Federal Way? Where did you come from? Right? The reality is, is God put us here at this appointed time, not to keep records of wrongs, but to keep records of rights. Because we're in the right place at the right time. God's doing the right thing in us. So let me ask you where your love is. How do you act? Well, I just get triggered when I'm around that person. Triggered for love or triggered for negativity? I know it's a trending word, but we need to be triggered by the spirit. Everybody's triggered. Now, I get it. I get it. I believe nobody, no pastor in the world believes in mental health more than me. Trust me, I'll tell you. I believe in mental health with the spirits working. But I don't think we should just lean on how we feel every time. Sometimes we have to just stand up and just be counted and understand that God wants to use us in the midst of those things 
The disciples were boiled in oil and crucified upside down. We have not experienced things for Christ's sake that others have. People are underground in China now trying to have service. We walked in here just freely as we wanted to with our coffee and cookies. What are you talking about? We have grace and we have peace and there's abundance in our room. And we need to listen closely to our hearts to make sure that that root is not going deeper. So this is what I want to do. I don't want to keep beating this point. I don't want to make sure it doesn't transpose to something that you're just kind of ignoring. Well, Pastor Joe, I hear what you're saying, but I'm okay. Really? Are you? Are you okay? You okay? I know I had to address the fact that my grandmother pastored 50 years in Tacoma, and I served alongside that church for eight of those years, along well, as a kid, and then as I became a man, I, I served as her associate. And you know, I just kind of felt like, man, this is a great opportunity for me to just, you know, take over the church and time. And God was like, I'm sending you to Federal Way. I was like, why? We're on a two-acre. This, this is a four-city block. We can be, we can do ministry for you, God. He's like, I'm sending you to Federal Way. And the reality is, I leaned into the bitterness of not being selected, rather than being selected by God and sent. Sometimes we just miss it. You feel rejected, but really God was like, I saved your life. It was, trust me when I tell you, they didn't choose you because I told them not to choose you. I had something better for you. But you're walking around in bitterness because you don't realize that you didn't, you're, you're walking in the rejection of man and you're not, you're not approving the acceptance of God. I don't care how it went, whatever you are, wherever you are now, that's how God chose it to be. So know this, I'm going to unwind, I'm going to uproot all bitterness, and I'm going to be rooted in love. That's what I'm going to do. I want to pray for you at the altar for those who say, Pastor, I, I, I feel this. This is me. I don't, want you to be sh- I don't want you to be shamed. I don't want you to be conscious of who's watching. Because Sister Grace prayed that in our, in our, in our huddle this morning that, we would just, that shame wouldn't be our, it wouldn't be our, our driving force. And so if that's you today, um, all I can do is just be obedient to deliver the sermon, right? It's up to you to make the choice. But I, I want to pray for you because I feel this so strongly that there's a few of you in here, like, we, we've got we've to address this, this root of bitterness. And if that's you... I want you to come. I have Pastor Dan's permission. You can come forward. Uh, that's you. Just come. Just come. Just come. My prayer warriors, would you pray that the Lord would just just untangle the hearts of the, of the people that are coming, that, that the Lord would just do the work in their lives, that the Lord would just work in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it.
Father, you see these that are standing, most kneeling, to offer their hearts back to you, unrooted. Unrooted in the bitterness that entangles us and that so easily besets us. And so you see them at the altar. And God, I stand here with them, asking you to reveal and to unwind the things that hold us bond, bound and hostage. Father, would you shower your love and grace on us, pour out on us like never before. God, give us the strength to stand. Give us the courage to walk out your best plan for our life. It's okay. Let it, yeah, yeah, worship. The, the eyes of the Lord are upon us. Lord, we run to your tower and we're safe. We run into your tower and we're safe. And God, most of us, that's all we asked for was safety. And so we're asking you now that you would just overwhelm us with your power. Your power to overcome, your power to heal. Heal, deliver, and set us free in the name of Jesus. Let your let the burden of unforgiveness fall off of us, God. And the, all the things attached to it, diseases and uh, afflictions and sicknesses, let it fall off, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray that we would be able to smile again, that, that, that depression medication solely wouldn't be how we get up and get down, but the things that we've been holding hostage and bound in our lives, we would be able to release in the name of Jesus. Satan, we serve notice on you, that you're being evicted from that space of bitterness. You're gone. You're out. In the power of the name of Jesus and the authority that we stand in in him, you are evicted from that space. The blood of Jesus covers us, and we thank you now that every good and perfect work that comes from you will come solely from you, and we will not do it in bitterness and in grace. That will be pure. will be an example. I pray your blessing. I pray your blessing. I pray your blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, pray with me. Breakthroughs happening here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on, pray with me, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the renewal of hearts. Thank you for the renewal of minds. We thank you for your power. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for your grace. God, I don't care how young the wound is or how old the wound is. I pray that you pray I pray that you would bring a refreshing, the spring of refreshing would come over their souls. And it'd be like they missed no time. God, I thank you that everything the canker worm has stole, that they'd be restored to them, that it'd be replied, that it'd be renewed in them, that they would walk in newness, that joints would come back into alignment as they release, that muscles and tendons and things would come back into perspective as they release the pain and the weight of the things that have happened. Father, help them to know this will be a process. If they keep their eyes on you, Keep their minds stayed on you. You will keep them in perfect peace. Father, today, we honor you. You are our king. 
And if you are for us, who in the world can be against us? If you are for us, who in the world can be against us? Just say it with me. God, if you're for me, who can be against me? God, if you're for me, who can be against me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.